the Torah reading, the Parsha this week, Kitavo, contains a moment of great pathos when it describes a ceremony that when we enter the land, whenever we harvest, you will bring your first fruits of your harvest to the temple as an offering. And there the Torah says, in front of the priest, each Israelite is to say these words. A wandering Aramean was my father, Aramio Bedavi. He went down to Egypt and sojourned there. There he became a great nation. And so the Egyptians dealt with us cruelly and harshly. We cried out to Adonai, and God took us from there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm and brought us to this place. And so I bring this basket of fruit. Now I find the image of the farmer holding her bounty, having to recall that she was descended from refugees, from the oppressed, from wanderers seeking shelter and home. I find that so telling. We know that this awareness about ourselves is imprinted upon our Jewish DNA. For the Torah tells us over and over again to remember Yitziat Mitzrayim, the going out from Egypt. And remember that you are strangers, and therefore you must treat the stranger with respect and give support to those in deep need. The notion that we're reminded that there but for the grace of God go we. Well, I think it's an important reminder to not see the refugee those who have suffered from oppression as other, but see them as reflections of our own experience. And so act with graciousness and humility as we reach out the hand of help. I'm sure many of you have just been overcome by the pictures of desperate people at the Kabul airport. Those photos are so difficult to take in. We see families with babies gathered in fear for their lives, people, many of whom were part of the support structure that helped American forces as we fought in that land. They did so at great personal risk, but with a promise implied or stated that they might find refuge in our country if the need arose. To me, there's moral clarity around our responsibility as a nation of values to stand with them and help them find a place of refuge, whether here or another country of safety, where they can find that support and that opportunity for renewal. At the same time, our hearts go out to the families of Americans killed in the recent terrorist attacks at that airport. Our armed forces are there, and they're doing these young people heroic work. And yes, we will have our naysayers wanting us to close the gates of freedom to this country. Statements made like those of a certain television pundit proclaiming, first we invaded them, and now we're invaded by them. Those statements are reprehensible. Yes, we chose to go to their country as a result of an attack on us, but we then asked them to help us and to turn our back against these poor Afghanis and their families whose lives are at risk because of what they did for us is to me to go against what it means to be an America the beautiful. Statements like that pundits represent the ancient fear of the stranger that our ancestors experienced. The Egyptians said, you'll be a fifth column. 
You may become too great or large for us. And the ancient statement today provokes a fear response, making us want to mimic their oppression. Instead of abiding by the, the values written, inscribed on the Statue of Liberty, give me your child, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Who wrote those words? I tell all my students, the answer to my question, every one of the Rabbi Singer questions, someone Jewish wrote them. <laughs> Emma Lazarus, who was descended from the first Jewish immigrants to the land of this country, seeking refuge from the Inquisition in Recife, Brazil. And we Jews from our recent history know only too well what it means to be desperate in search of refuge and find so many doors closed to us. Now, those of you who attend service a lot might like to notice that I like to clap a lot. And part of it comes from my spiritual sensibility, but part of it also comes from my family history. My grandfather, Charles Lubarsky, at the age of 16, was drafted into the Russian army. And my sister, who's an historian, reminds me that at that time, when a Russian child was drafted, they spent five years in the army. But when a Jew was drafted, they were forced to stay for 20 years. Most Jews never came back. They were either killed or they were forced to assimilate. So that when you got that draft notice, it was a time to flee. And my grandfather fled, and he sought refuge. And France was a country that allowed people to come in seeking refuge without papers. So my grandfather made his way to Paris. And there he found refuge. And the French opened their doors to so many Jews this way. Chaim Lebarski changed his name to Charles in honors of the French who helped him. And they even let him get a job. And he earned his money for his passage to come to the Golden Medina, because they all wanted to come here, by being a clapper in the Paris Opera House. That's right, he was paid to clap at certain moments to encourage the audience and the reviewers to make the uh, show a success. So being a happy, clappy rabbi is in my DNA. I'm sorry. But every one of you has a family refugee story, don't you? And so let us have empathy and understanding. Let us be gracious to those seeking refuge, desperately seeking to save their lives. Jewish Family and Children's Service, such an effective organization, they are working through their East Bay affiliate to set up uh, refugee homes for Afghanis being settled in this region. You can go on the JFCS website, there's a special button there, and you can donate, as we did, to be of support. You can do the same thing with the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. Muslim Americans need to know that Jewish Americans stand with them if we're going to build a better future for this country and for the world. And so I hope you'll help. They're good avenues of support. And always remember, Arami Oved Avi, my father was a wanderer. We must help. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom.